0: Live, hello, welcome to the Jim Bonham Community Call. I'm your host, Jim Bonham. What a coincidence <laughs> Hey, hey what's Jim going I didn't on? know you'd be host- I didn't know you'd be hosting today. It's Brian in Arizona. Hey, Brian, in Arizona. How's everything going on in Arizona? What's the weather like over there?
1: Well, it's pretty nice out. <laughs>
0: uh for those of you who are on the call uh brian is literally about two miles from where i'm at so anyway yeah it's uh, a little warm today but uh pretty nice right now that's for sure
1: did brian come over and wake you up
0: brian yeah he he uh rings my little phone about 20 times a day no i'm kidding no. Uh, so that sounds like South Central Florida, uh just a neighbor to uh an, another guest by the name of Chappie who just joined us. Chappie, can you hear us?
2: Yeah. I'm here.
0: <laughs> we got Chappie and we got Tim. Tim, you know where Titusville is? I sure do. Yeah, that's where Chappie's at. Oh. Cool. Chappy Chappie, can you hear us? Maybe he's muted.
1: Maybe he's not on.
0: No, it says he's on there. Yeah, hey. we're waiting for Coach to show up. There's Chaffee.
3: Hello, how, how you doing?
0: Hey here. Chaffee, I got a, got one of your neighbors from South Central Florida. Uh Tim's over in um Jupiter. Oh, okay.
4: Hello Just, there. Hey, Co- hey Jim, Jim, can you hear me? Yes. Is that Coach? Yeah. That was a real pain in the butt to get on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you but you're here, and that's what counts. Yeah, we don't care what kind of trouble you had to go through. We just care that you're here. Yeah. All right. So, so I got, um, we got we got Chappy on the line. We've got um um is it Brian? Brian's on the line. We got Cam. I thought Jeanette was going to be here, but um, I'm not seeing her. I'm not seeing her. And then John over in California, he was uh, also invited here, and uh, Evan, so.
1: Mark in California as wow. well. Who's I in California?
0: Him.
1: Another a guy named Mark.
0: Oh, Ben and Mark, are they on the on the call? I don't know yet. Oh, uh, I don't see him.
4: I don't see him. Is, is this Mark the one that's losing his house in federal court? Uh, Yeah. I already know him.
1: That's what he said. He didn't know. I he didn't know you by coach.
4: And I said, Well, I don't yeah. know what
1: his name is, so you can come and listen if it is, and you guys already know each other.
4: Well, um, he's in that group over there. That when I talked to them about ten days, two weeks ago, they had never. They've been doing this since the early nineties, most of them, and never really knew how to properly do an instrument and make an offer. Since 1933, everything is offer and acceptance. If you don't know how to make an offer, then there's nothing they can accept. And vice versa. For years, the IRS didn't make proper presentments that could be accepted and paid. And then late 90s, they finally started putting coupons on the darn thing where you could satisfy. So, um, any of you... James was talking about a lot of the guys here didn't know about the authentication process. So maybe we should start with that. Is that about right, Jim?
0: Yeah. Um, if, if you don't mind, uh, we might just give another uh, a minute or two for a couple of other uh, people who are supposed to be on the call who indicated they would be on the call um, before you get too far into it. But um, coach, maybe you can give us a little background on, you know, maybe where you gathered some of this information or um you know what your experience has been and that kind Well of thing. Jim
3: Jim, before we get started, are you gonna be recording this?
0: Um let me see. I think yeah, it is actually recording right now. Oh, okay. Yep. And I'll give you the uh oh you know how to get to it now.
1: Yeah. It, it didn't say it was recording. Normally it says
3: It said it was recording.
0: Yeah, it I forgot.
3: It it's it's yeah. recorded live. Yeah. yeah, I
0: probably had to wait until I got online because I was the host.
3: Okay, Somebody, I'm going to mute myself out. Yeah,
0: it's getting loud over somewhere.
4: Well, you may get some background noise from me. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. I'm... <laughs> All right, well, the I'm going to mute what you happened, like...
4: the, the guys from Belize showed up a couple of days ago unexpected at the Las Vegas airport. I've been trying to get them okay. up here for six months to take care of some business, and they finally showed up. So now we're we're going to sit in Boulder City while I do this call, and they're, they're going to be checking the air on the tires on that bu- bus we just bought. And uh, somebody in California is moving these diesel buses into Vegas because it's illegal to sell diesel used diesels in California. In fact, if you look at a diesel truck on a lot, it's a used one. If you got a California license, they probably won't talk to you. Wow, so yeah, hmm. so um,
0: all right, well, uh, it looks like Jeanette showed up. Jeanette, say hi to everybody, Jeanette. are you there? She's probably muted herself yeah i I don't know, but she she's on the line. She texted me a minute ago that she's on the call. Sorry
4: to
0: interrupt,
4: Did Mark, did Mark get on? Hello, Hello everybody. It's, it's Jeanette. In
1: a few minutes. I just called him again to say that you were on and that you were the guy that he knows. So he'll be on pretty soon.
4: All right. Well, How I'm not worried. Did. I'm
0: going to have to go over to see him in a few
4: days. I appreciate you.
0: Okay. Hey, Jeanette. He's really taking a hosing. How How are you doing? Doing good, good. Uh, the only person we're missing now is Evan. Um, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, folks. Whenever, whenever you're ready, if you want to get started and kind of uh, give a little background of what you've been doing, and uh, if you kind of okay.
4: share some
0: of the process yep. that I've been doing, go ahead.
4: Okay, just a second. Just a second. Stand by.
0: I'll be on mute because I'm in. The, I'm traveling in the car.
4: Thank you. I can mute
0: you out, by the way.
4: How's the fuel? Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to check with the guys. It's going to take them a while to do tires, and so they're going to wait on me. No big deal. Um, where to start the background, huh? Well, I got a, I got the room in a luxury suite with the Montana Freeman, and that was in '02 and '03. And uh, after my federal judge accepted my offer and two different bonds or commercial paper and settled $197,000 worth of restitution, I've been doing this ever since. Um, We've gone through a lot of ups and downs. We... um, I'd say we've been paying taxes regular for the last five, six years. At first, we were doing a regular, just an AFB with the IRS bill and registering on a three because I was taught from the beginning how to do the ones and threes and set up accounts, do assignments, and register debt. Um, but that's, I think I was blessed to have learned that from the beginning because it's just amazing how many people don't know how to make a proper offer in this system, and of course Jim's seen the bond I'm using now that is the real person asking for the public benefit, giving them our Schultzl, so going through the pass-through, and uh, if they get stubborn, then we go ahead and make sure we got ones and threes in place, and, and uh, lean them up and assign it back to them. And by that time, we usually don't have any trouble, but we've used all of the different the AFVs, the money orders, everything, and it always worked with the IRS because we were registered on a three. I've, I've got several clients right now that were doing that, that, and something about two or three years ago, the IRS started going after people that had did the AFVs because the AFV, as I was taught, is only an acceptance. I accept that for value. But once you accept it for value, you've got, you got the bill minus the coupon. you got the bill but you still got to have a a payment instrument. And that could be any number of bill of exchanges, promissory notes, bonds. The reason we're using a bond is because in the IRS statutes, it doesn't list promissory note or bill of exchange. It only lists uh, acceptable bonds. And I think we've got that. The last three years, we've pretty well had 100% success using this bond with the internal revenue. State taxes and child supports. uh, we got to, pretty good record with speeding tickets and the speeding tickets and some of that depends on if the person's been properly secured and how long their one has been in place and how long their status has been corrected because you go through this status process and want to use the status immediately. There's some debts that it's not going to work on till that thing's cured for about a year. Now that being said, that's why on some of these debts, um, I'll go ahead right away, do a bond, and depending on how they act, make sure I got a one and three in the place and lean them up and assign them back to them right away. So that's the short version of what we're doing. I don't really tell people about the success we've had because when I started this 13 years ago, I was in the dark. People were saying, do this and do that, and, well, this should work and this should work, and what I was told actually worked. I don't know how many other people have done what I was taught. Um, I've had partners in the past that uh, screwed it up, did this, did that, tried to sell it and sell how much money they could make. And it, it just doesn't work if you get in a hurry and don't follow the procedures. So it's not complicated. That's why we got a pretty simple system right now on the, the settlement bond. It only takes four instruments or four um, documents to put that package together. Um but it's really the whole package. You gotta have Paperwork Reduction Act. People don't have all the information they need when they get it sitting in front of them at the Treasury until the revenue. It doesn't get processed. And I, I think I was fortunate to learn uh, all the pieces of the puzzle that you've got to have in there so they accept it. So um, that's pretty much much of that. Does anybody got any questions about anything I just said? <laughs> Always nice to get questions up up front.
1: When you uh, this Tim, when you um, change status, you're changing to what specifically? What status?
4: Going from completely private and checking out the corporation. Okay. That that doesn't mean you give up your social. You can't give it up. Bush changed the law in '02. Um, in fact, i I'm on Arizona healthcare you know and it no problem i use my social but once you get the the thing set up right on the status i don't believe it's possible to work outside of the the matrix so to speak because we have to be able to interface with it if we can't interface with it then you might as well just uh, find you a creek up in the mountains and stay there and never leave okay you're going to deal with the world when you and, and I find this out all the time that um, I did a couple of things in the last couple of years where I needed an attorney to do a UCC 11. And I was having these attorneys tell me five, ten thousand dollars
0: 10000 And I know it's
4: because they didn't know anything about 11. Finally, I found one, did the search request, wrote me the letter, and charged me 250 bucks. We were done. Okay, but she had been filing these things because her brother was in the construction business. Most attorneys, those of us that have been in this business for the last 10 years and know how the Uniform Commercial Code works to use it to our advantage, we're 10 miles ahead of everybody else because even the attorneys don't know how to use it. And, uh, I mean, when I was in law school in the late 80s, um, I didn't graduate. I only did two years. But um, where I went to law school, they taught us in contracts. We did... A whole year on the Uniform Commercial Code, and I don't know how many law schools do that, but the one I went to did. So. Um,
1: yeah, most of them give about as much lip service to that as they do the uh, common law.
4: <laughs> well, the Uniform Commercial Code is common law codified. Yep. And it's state law. Yep. It's, it, it's it's state law. That's the whole deal. It's um, and in fact, Washington D.C. The um, federal government, they run off of the Uniform Commercial Code, and the evidence is Books 13, 14, and 15 of the D.C. Code is the Uniform Commercial Code in D.C. All the countries that are in the IMF that are running prisoner bonds, they run them through D.C., and then they take the properly registered bonds and take them to the I.F., and the I.F. gives them money to those countries. Now, we wouldn't be able to do that even with an authenticated birth certificate because the IRS doesn't recognize us. They only recognize countries. So, um, but I've proven it. I know that's where the records are for all these countries that are, you know, they did everything they could in the corporate system to borrow more money. And that's, you know, you can look at the Caribbean and South America starting in about 85 to 98 at the years that the different countries joined the IMF and you'll find that during the year that country was joining, or the two years prior to that, them starting to borrow money, they had cattle counts. When they get all their birth certificates together, their their debt would jump from like maybe 50 million to 150 million, or from 100 million to 400 million, because they'd borrowed all they could, and the only assets they had left was go through the central bank system and have a cattle count, monetize the BCs, and ultimately, that's really what broke and brought on the bricks. I know personally, because I got shut down four years ago when uh, somebody in the American government got to them in Brazil, they said that uh, 10 years' worth of bonds, and they were B.C. bonds, were illegal. It partially crashed the Brazilian economy and shut down five banks in Panama, one of which I was attempting to deal with to monetize paper. And they said, oh, no, no, those are illegal. You can't do that. Well, they're still doing them. I talked to people at Wells Fargo Give me $3 million and you can do this. We'll let you do it. We'll make you a Federal Reserve Banker. I want to be a Federal Reserve Banker. I want enough people to learn how to use this and use it correctly so we can stop the internal revenue. My theory is just pay them. Just give them what they want. Send in these bonds. It doesn't cost very much. They're simple enough to do. And they have to. They quit quit sending a paper. I've got clients right now that have got letters... Notice of intent to terminate installment agreement. I don't know anybody who's ever got those. It took me three bonds in a row in three months, and the fourth month it came back. Notice to terminate installment agreement. Uh oh. We got some scoop in the background there. Uh,
0: Okay, try again. I'm not sure. I think that might have been Evan, but um, anyway, go ahead.
4: Well, it's just, you know, uh, we've been doing this a long time and. Like I said, that knowing when and where to do the offer. Hey, if, oh, excuse and, me, if you can mute me out, um, that'll be appreciated. I'm not sure how to do it on the prompts here.
0: Okay, all right. Thanks, Evan. Sorry, Coach, go ahead.
4: Yeah, so everything is a proper offer. Even, <clears throat> I think that's why the traffic tickets work, because there's there's been some stuff on the Internet lately about, well, just sign the traffic ticket, appearance, send it in. I'm, appearing specially, and because the traffic ticket only says you have to appear once, well, I do pretty much the same thing, but I just send them a packet with the settlement bond and a 1040ES and the ticket, mm-hmm. and uh, I usually always sign my tickets with my regular name, regular signature, all rights reserved, and uh, an inventory list to show them who all got a copy of the bond because even in California, I know, I mail that bond to Treasury, and I mail it to court, and I mail it to Betty E down there in L.A., it's, something's going to happen. Okay? I didn't say Sacramento. I said, you know, uh, down in L.A. But I know there's only something like, I don't know, 30 or 32 states have a comptroller or controller, and the states that got the controllers, it's a lot easier. Otherwise, you have to get it to the auditor, and it doesn't necessarily work that same way. Um, so,
0: um. What about Secretary of the Treasury for your state? Isn't there a treasurer?
4: You know, but If they've got a controller, you don't send it to the treasurer. The controller or the auditor is the one that looks at what comes in from the Fed and goes to the state and make them hook up. That's the link. The treasurer is not the link. Now, maybe some of the states that don't have a comptroller, you can't find the auditor's office, he can try running to treasurer, but I don't promise very good success because the treasurer's office is not concerned with balancing the books of the payments that came in over here and the payments that came in over here and putting the two together. Because if they see a debt on one side and a credit on the other and they see where they're supposed to go together because that inventory sheet, that auditor or comptroller or controller we'll put it together because that's your job, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, Washington State is one of the most difficult because they've got all these auditors at the county level and they want to play hockey puck or badminton. That's what I call it when everybody goes into court and they're sitting there doing this and that, you know, playing badminton with the court, pulling motions and this and that because all you're doing is funding the system. Every time that judge issues a court order for more time, or, okay, we're not going to take that motion. We're going to do this. Every time he issues an order, that adds money to the case. What we do once we make offer, if you make an offer to settle, they have to, they have to complete the settlement right there and tell you what's wrong or why it's not acceptable. And to say it wasn't cash is not a good reason. Can't pay anything in this country, and there is no cash. We've been going around and around about this with these child supports. Because the child support agency will tell you, you've got to have cash. Excuse me, there is no cash. You're breaking federal law by asking for cash. Okay? Now, what we do, I don't know how many people have heard of this. Maybe I'm hoping most of you had. Because the AFDs and doing the business the way we do it and offering settlement cancels the debt. It erases it. And when it's erased, that means there's no interest being paid to the Fed for that debt. It's gone. You're paying FRNs. You, that's why they want the cash or so-called cash or FRNs, because that continues a little debt scheme. Okay? And Doing it this way, it erases the debt at the Treasury level. Okay?
0: okay. So <clears throat> the
4: I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Unless somebody's got some questions, I'm gonna start in on this authentication because there's. A, they everybody jumped on this bandwagon big about a year ago. Get the BC authenticated. Get your D to trust authenticated. Um, I've actually had some nationality certificates that we got authenticated. Um, I'm gonna. We've improved what we did in the last year because nobody was ever talking about the W eight. I don't believe in the W bin that locks you in the system, so you get your beneficial interest. The W eight takes you out. The affidavit of tax-exempt foreign status, or the termination of franchise, or the document from Jonah Bay. It's an affidavit revocation of election. With the W eight, they all get you out. That I know of, I'm the only person, including, well, as of a month ago, the only person including a payment or a bond with that revocation, to do away with past debt. Nobody's going to let you out of a contract if you owe past debt. It will stop it going forward, but you have to offer an instrument to settle the past debt. And so we've, we've got a remittance package that goes along with that. And uh, it also goes back to, we know that starts taking you out of the system, but depending on the circumstances with internal, re- and I call it internal revenue, Um, Depending on what your circumstances are with internal revenue, I highly recommend people to have a proper one in place, which is just a financial notice, a financial relationship, and then go to the threes to record and lodge debt so that it's registered debt and nobody can come against you and say it's not registered or bonded. Because once you – Treasury is a bonded warehouse. Once you mail anything to Treasury and deposit it in Treasury, it's been bonded. When you do these cases this way, even a speeding ticket, if you go ahead and put it on a three and deposit it to the Treasury into an account, uh, they're hit. It's bonded. They don't bond the cases. I don't think half the attorneys, I bet 90% of the attorneys in the United States don't know what I'm telling you guys about how to bond a case. But if they did, they'd do it. But the collusion and the conspiracy among these people is such that they don't have to do it. Okay? The judge just sits up, well, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to do that. They don't know until you go over their head or go to the federal level and issue a writ of mandamus on them, which is the same as the writ of mandamus is actually um, going after federal employees for abuse of discretion and not accepting our paperwork is abuse of discretion. Yes, it is. (laughs) So, um, I probably said all that kind of quick, um, there's a there's a very specific way I I don't know how many hundred UCC ones I've looked at and very few of them are filled out correctly because we're not the organization we're the individual our address is not the fricking hospital you know um, the women that have three maiden or three married names and one maiden name the maiden name is without a doubt always the first debtor and depending on how much they've used their married name, they could have two or three second or third debtors, okay? So um, right now I know of about 15 states where we've had success and work with filing ones and threes, and we pretty well know another five or ten that won't take them. And years ago when they said, well, file them in your region, um, I'm filing everything in the central United States because uh, they flat tell us that we're going to file it, that if there's something wrong or illegal about it, it's on you. So they file the stuff and properly register it, and when it's properly registered and assigned, they stand behind the assignments. Okay? Now, going back to the authentication, the one thing that nobody was doing, and I've never heard anybody mention this on any of the gurus, anybody around the United States, how the heck Okay, you got an authenticated birth certificate. How do you prove that that's really you on the birth certificate? If you're challenged with that birth certificate, anybody got any ideas? How do you prove it's you? There's only one way to prove that's because there's no pictures on the birth certificate. That idea uh, a thumb. Huh? A thumbprint. Footprint. Footprint? Nope. Thumbprint. After steals passport or driver's license. No. Well. Mm-hmm. or you go to the secretary of state and stand in front of them, and they go, oh, yeah, driver's license and passports are both built from a birth certificate. So if you've got a proper go birth certificate and they issue a driver's license or a passport, if you have either one of those documents at the then you're mm-hmm. good to go. Mm-hmm. And you nice. probably only use it if you're ever challenged, but if somebody's to challenge you in court and the mm-hmm. judge goes, well, I see you got that authenticated, but how do I know you're the one on the authentication? Even a social security doesn't have a picture on it, but a passport or driver's license does. So if you're really going to go after and do this Article Nine of the UCC Code and prove you're the holder in due course, it might be a good idea to get the apostille and register it on a three. Now we just—I just figured that out before Christmas. But I've got—I've got several apostilles on my passports, and I never even thought about it. And everybody. One day, one of the people in Texas asked me, he said, well, what if the judge wants to know that's me? And I'm sitting there and go, the well, driver's license, and then, okay, it should be app is stealed. So, anyhow, um, I'm sure most of the people on this call had some kind of run-in with either IRS or FTB or their state tax boards or some other kind of legal issues or they wouldn't be doing this. So, I'm... I'm taking clients right now, but I'm I'm being real careful about what I want to work with because I want to be able to make sure we have success. I got a pretty broad range. I spoke to a guy yesterday that <clears throat> in Massachusetts, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to help the gentleman because of the type of debt it is and how long it's been on the books, and he doesn't have all the backup, meaning he needs to write internal revenue and say, hey, How much do I owe you and that can take four to six months to get that out of them okay so I don't care with somebody's taxes if you've got a coupon on an internal revenue from 1995 if the coupons there I'll do a bond on it and send it off because if it's already been satisfied you're going to get back two letters or three letters and that's it if it's not been satisfied it could generate a bunch of letters But then you're started down the rabbit hole, and sooner or later, it's going to get squared away. I mean, I can tell you right now, I've worked with people that we did one thing on the current year taxes, went right through, no problem, never heard another one about it. Done stuff on people that owed 15 years' worth of taxes that were either a doctor or had worked at the university as grad students. And some of those people, we did eight or nine packets before it got cleared up. But it gets cleared up because I figure with grad students and med students, somebody at the university has got on their private side account, used their social and started something, and you don't really know where the tax year came from. But there's tax debt out there, and um, once we do enough bonds, it goes away. Um, I can lump years together depending on how the notices are written. Then have to look at them.
1: Do they really know? Um, Excuse me? Do they really have an accounting of all that to know how far behind you are if you are? Yeah. Okay.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you can reach an uncollectible status and stuff can stay there for years until some event happens to bring it up. Okay. I've I've been told, and I don't know how true this is, I would really hope it's true that the IRS is on their last leg. Which is why they're being so particularly vindictive right now, but at the same time, there's debts on the books, and uh they know there's a group of us out here settling tax debt, and uh they take our signatures because they can close the accounts, and that that's a given that's that's no problem. Wow, we're level question. right go for it.
0: My question is, if you're starting a new job and, you know, they give you the I-9 and the W-4 and all that stuff, how do you fill those documents out, or do you?
4: If you got the the status corrected with the um, revocation documents already on file with the Treasury, and a W-8, you give them W 8 W-8, don't fill out a W-4. And what kind of uh, resistance are you going to get from the employer? Depends on the employer. I know that and it depends on whether you're retired military because remar- retired military and a pension are government employees. So you can do this work on that kind of thing and pay it promptly. Um, what I tell people to do is get their exemptions to where they're not holding out hold out a minimum or you don't have anything coming back and um then do this method to pay your taxes. Just a second. we we're going to drive over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it, if the employers will let you be a contract employee, some of the employers will do that. Some of the big aircraft manufacturers and other people, they won't let their employers leave because, and I'm sure with some of these big employers, um, they're using that withholding money and they're putting it away in different places, so they're making interest on it because they're only paying it by the quarter. And in fact, if the truth be known, some of those large corporations are only paying it once a year. So they've got money from the beginning of the year, and of course it's less and less, but they've got a tremendous amount of cash that they can withhold and put in a uh, in, uh, interest-bearing account and make money for the company to offset their taxes. Okay? So, uh, but I know... We already know there's stuff on the books. If you're a tax-exempt person and your company holds out, you have to wait until you get the W-2s at the end of the year, and then you can present your evidence to the internal revenue, call this 1-800 number, give your evidence, and they'll go after and get all your money back. I've already seen that happen one time. Okay? But you have to go ahead and let them take out until you get the w 2 and they tell you, once you get the W-2, there's an 800 number to call because you, once you can prove you're tax-exempt, they have no right. And, and, in fact, if the internal revenue goes to them and say you have to take out this much on this person, the internal revenue is breaking their own law, and you can sue them personally. Okay? Wow. They break their own law
0: every day. It's like clockwork for them to break the law.
4: Well, but that's why there's certain things to do where, uh, they, we've been stopping them, okay? Uh, we've been stopping them. And some of the more difficult cases, for sure you're going to end up in court. There's no way around it. But once you get into court and there's different things that can be done, and they're going to lose. There's no way around it. They can't go against it. And, and you know, even a year ago, we didn't have this stuff out. The towbridge case, the different cases that have come out now that are available to us on jurisdiction, you know, um, I personally have used Winston Shrop's notice of distress right off the shelf and got rid of a judge. Okay, I know another guy that used the same one and went to jail. That he went to jail because he didn't wait till the court case finished before he turned in the notice of interest and filed the notice of distress. You know, this is we're like playing poker. So you, a person has to know the rules, know when you can submit something, when you can't, and what to submit. So I'd have to go back to depend on who the employer is, what's your work history. If you're just beginning a job and you can show them they're tax-exempt, I see no reason why they should be withholding taxes. And when they say, well, what about the 1099 at the end of the year? Okay, fine. you got to report, but I'm tax-exempt. Go ahead and let them report. That's the part about having this stuff cured. So that when they go through the system and look, and it takes six months to a year to really get in there. I don't, I don't care what the other gurus say, 30 or 60 days, 90 days, you can start seeing evidence of it. But The time you get all this stuff done at, at the commissioner's level and go in and get the W-8s and get that stuff on the right, one and three and deposit in the treasury, it can take a year because you got to have cure time. Okay. You still there? Yeah. Did, did we're that still answer here. your question? Did that answer her question?
0: Yeah. Well, it it answered. You know, I I I'm still listening. I'm not making any judgments here. I'm just listening.
4: Well, I mean, every one of these circumstances is so different with employers. So I, it's like I wish I could give you one set answer. But I almost <laughs> have to know exact particular, and then I would say, okay, try this, do this basically get the W-8 filled out correctly. And one secret on that is taking it down and have a date and time stamp at the Internal Revenue Office, and they'll do it. Take in two copies or two originals, let them keep an original and give you years back, and use that to send to the employer, you know? So, I have a question. Go for it. Um,
3: you mentioned Winston Shroud. Uh, do you know, uh, I understand he just got indicted.
4: Well, I think that one went away. (laughs) You guys, the one thing Winston knows how to do is file the correct commercial lien. Okay. And when they indicted him, that was a sham. You can't have, you cannot have an internal revenue serve a federal warrant. Okay. And that's what they did. Okay. I know about that one, and uh, I'm sure there were a few people lost their job on that one. Okay? Right, well, I, haven't looked, I haven't
3: looked it up yet. I just got wind of it today. and
4: um, I don't I know that you will find any record of that, the way that's done once that case disappears. And here's the secret on those kind of commercial liens. you got to have actual provable damages when it happens, and then... Uh in some cases you really want to donate all the proceeds back to the government and Department of Justice to get them to take any action. Okay? Because once it's donated back to the government, you kind of come under that 95A2 that Boris was talking about and uh it's like an extra insurance policy goes in there and they got to go after them and then as soon as you take their bond in the process they're not employable anyhow. Yeah. Okay? So there's several ways to do that. The, the notice of distress is a rest of their bond, and the commercial lien is a little bit stronger, has to be filed in the county, and um, can be can be harder to deal with, but um, it all goes back to you have provable damages and what they've done to you, and don't make it personal. Don't really start name-calling. Um in the documents, or that'll get you in trouble. Okay? Um, don't try to go after their house, just take their public hazard bond. Or, um, I, I understand there's a human rights commission working in the country, some people that are um, authorized from the United Nations to hear it's a human rights tribunal, and uh, I have not talked to them, but I'm pretty sure that uh, if the claims are filed right, on a claim for damages, whoever damaged you has gone pretty quick. Okay? And the damages are relieved right away. So, there's a remedy out there. It's probably taken, well, since they started learning about this in the early 80s, when they were um, doing the farm aid concerts and started working their way back through about these bank mortgages because they didn't know till the mid-80s how crooked these banks were. They really didn't know. And, uh, now we know, and, there's a lot of stuff going on, so that's that. Anybody got more questions?
2: Because hey, hey, thank you. hey, this is Mark Crump. This is Mark C. And, hey,
4: Mark. And thank,
2: and thank you for helping me, man. Thank you so much. Hey, call me.
4: Call me next week. I got to come back over there next week. Mate, we okay. Need to, we got to meet up. We're not done with your deal. We got to review that yet.
2: Okay. Okay. I, I've been doing yeah. everything I've been told.
4: Well, you say you say here. things.
2: You say the best things, things I've never heard before,
4: and I, well, I believe I in you. I tell you this, Mark. I'm upset yeah. with those people because they mail that UCC 1N certified mail, and that Secretary of State doesn't pick up certified mail but once a week. Right. I told them to mail a regular mail, and it sat there for a week, and we lost a week on getting that stuff filed.
2: Well, We're okay now because I just got the return receipt uh, from sure. Little Rock,
4: Arkansas, yesterday. Right. So, you're ready to put the three in then?
2: You, you remember, I've been bu- I was out buying a moving van. I just picked it up today. I had to buy one, a big old giant hey, truck. Why have you been do so, that? so busy?
4: What? They're not going to be able to take you out of there. That's why I'm okay. coming back over this week. Not this week, but first and next week, we need to get together. God bless you. you know, God fertile.
2: bless you. I've never heard anybody say the things you. You've said and never been able to exercise i've I've heard people talk about it, but never actually to employ what you're talking about
4: well that's I've, great you know, i'm still i'm I'm in shock that the guys that you've been working with, and they understand this that nobody ever brought up how to make a proper offer and if you had known how to make a proper offer even even six months ago, it wouldn't have got this far, sure because you could have stopped it and just it's it's just amazing to me how. You know, we're this far and people don't know how to – and it's probably because the attorneys don't know. The internal sure. revenue don't know. I'm. And, I'm and go
2: ahead. Don't, for, don't forget, I, I, have, I have two commercial claims preceding anything they had years ago under notary presentment. And, and I said, Mr. Notary, was there an answer? No. Okay. Again, commercial yeah. grace, was there an answer? This is all under penalty of perjury. They didn't want to answer? Yeah. So we did a certificate of protest and defaulted them, and, and, and so, so they've lost. In, in court, all they did was strike it. They couldn't answer.
4: Yeah, well, that was before you started registering stuff on the ones and threes where they have to answer and they can't hide it. <laughs> I, 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 I did not know that until you brought it up. And you know, okay, here's another secret. Have you ever been in court and the judge sit there and go, I don't see nothing here? And when you're watching me, turn the pages over and he's looking at the back of the page. That's why we always either put intentionally left blank or sign our name right through the middle of it. So he can't turn it over and say he doesn't see it. I've been in court when they did that. And the judges okay. are taught that if somebody comes in pro se or pro per and turn it over and if you don't see anything there, huh, you don't see nothing there.
2: Sure. Well, so, you know what you know what day you'll you'll be out?
4: Uh not yet. I'd say okay. I got some things I got some guys in from overseas from Central America up here right now, Yeah, okay. I've still got the regular work going on, so I'd say give me a call Sunday night.
2: I'll, I'll call you Sunday night and find out what's up. Yeah. Cool.
4: I, I, yeah. I, 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 I have
2: been a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. I fell on the ground, and they're still kicking <laughs> me.
4: Yeah, I know. They do that. That's okay. <laughs> the kicking's soon, <laughs> kick soon to be over. The kicking's soon to be over.
2: That'll be great,
4: yeah so uh, well wonder. anybody got any other questions? Um, Jim's got my numbers and email, and i really i prefer doing stuff on an individual basis to talk with you and review your circumstances to make sure what we can do before I do anything. I think that's only fair um, sure. I've been a mechanic- I've been a mechanic most of my life, so I know all about really looking at what you got to tear apart before you try to put it back together. Sure. And so uh, everybody's situation is different. And uh, so far that's worked for me was to review everybody's situation and individual and make sure what's happening and then go from there. Even though I know there's some, there's some standard rules of going back on these, on these remit what I call a remittance package, which is the bond and the inventory list and the 1040 ES and the bill or evidence of a debt and then how to run the stuff through and get the debt registered and assigned properly so but that being said there still can be a lot of different ways it transpires before you get you know down to the end so you said so, you go ahead
2: you said you said the UCC3 was the substance
4: oh yeah cuz since 2001 they changed it the UCC ones only a notice of a financial relationship right and, and it, the three and the three ad is where the meat is
2: w- the one says, "I'm claiming the fiction. I own that fiction. you can't use it against me it, pretty much it, yeah yeah, it, yeah. the u c c trust account that you created is mine, and I'm claiming it, and he's not dead here i am
4: yeah well it's 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 given us the right we're contractedly claiming that guy and by using the u c c eleven request for information and checking about the liens because they don't file a lien on the name. We build evidence and using the revocations and, uh, or not revocation, revocation of election and authenticated birth certificates and uh, then file a lien against it. Okay. That's why they changed the code because so many people in the 90s were filing liens on the one. They couldn't do anything. And Hi. I think it's better, I really think it's better that they went to where the UCC one is a notice, because, you know, you don't have to really put anything on a one, but the financial relationship, who's doing what for who, and who owes who, and then you go after it on a three, and the three addendum to take care of business. Sure. And I, I've talked to Secretary of State in three different states, and they've all said if if the debt is properly registered, it's a valid debt and properly assigned, they'll stand behind the assignment. And that's I'm great. sure that's why. Yeah, I've, I've had two different threes reviewed down in uh, Texas already in the last three months, and they're coming out of the Attorney General's office good. All right?
0: Good.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Secretary of State's turn them over to Attorney General to check it out. and They're coming back good, so I know we're on the right track.
2: hi uh, uh yeah. after after we talked on the 8th on the 11th i sent out my uh, uh confidential birth certificates i said i want a certified copy of the confidential the long form from the second uh, uh uh from uh the, the what, what, where do the, the secretary of state right yeah where where did, yeah i, I asked Are for that uh huh in sacramento Wait. i sent they it get it sent, back yet um no, I sent it on the 11th, and so it should be any day. I, I got I I ordered yeah. six of them. I ordered six yeah. of them. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so when it. do you think when, when when do you think it'll come?
4: Oh, I don't know. It depends on mail load. You put it in on the 11th, days the 23rd could be any yeah. day. Okay. Now, I know one thing. I I know, and I know you didn't do this. Some of these people going through VitaCheck, you get the wrong kind of birth certificate, and actually. The process we're using is so strong. When I first did this, I did it off black and white copies. Okay. So, uh, but I do keep, personally, I keep about five uh, original birth certificates with me in case I ever need one and I know how to use them with a judge or whatever. haven't had to, but I keep them with me.
2: Well, I I got certified copies. I showed them to you, but they didn't have the state number on the top. So so I decided to get the right one. Yeah, that
4: was kind of weird. I think that was from was one, and that's what I think been going on with VitaCheck. They don't get the right numbers. Well, that's weird. They block them out or something. It's it's. I don't know why, but maybe it's because somebody else is getting it instead of the the person whose name's on the certificate. I don't. I really don't know.
2: So I told I told everybody what you told me about the bonding number in the lower left. Mine's got a bonding number on it, and I told other people about that. Says, now you know
4: what you know what you know. Some of those, the newer states, I don't remember, I don't think it's California, it might be, but the barcode on the bottom is the issue number on some okay. of them. Okay, okay. Yeah, you can check it. When you get yours back, you look at that barcode, and those should be all sequential numbers on the bottom of that barcode.
2: Okay. <laughs> God, that's Meaning the weird. The, Meaning the but, issue but, number. But you were right. Mine does have numbers on the lower right of it.
4: As it is a barcode, if you look at it, they're probably sequential numbers, meaning those are the issue numbers.
2: Okay. You
4: know? If you gave them 10 bucks, they made it worth a million dollars.
2: Oh, geez. So, okay, right, so, um, well, so, I I'm got
4: certain, a
0: question. Um, starting to get close yeah, to the top of the hour, so uh, Chappie had a question. Go ahead, Chappie. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. The, the, are, are you working with uh, Winston Shroud by chance? Because I'm, I'm looking at Pacer now, and I got a few questions
4: about it. No, I'm not, and I don't talk about his private business. I'm his friend, and uh, that case, um, there was two of them done in the last three years, but um, those cases are pretty well done, and they don't erase information and this and that. Um, I don't really believe some of the stuff that's on Pacer. I personally have a client that they took his birth certificate. I gave him a $30 million bond to the federal court. The prosecutor got pedoed, and... Six months later, I was on pace and I had to call the guy up and go, "Man, you didn't tell me you got convicted." And he says, "Well, they didn't tell me either." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he goes in, when he goes in to see the probation officer, the probation officer goes, "You're not supposed to be here." <laughs> I told him well, I wasn't back. really
3: asking about his private business because it's public here. I just didn't know about the assignment of reversionary interest and then I know. emotion. And go ahead. And then. uh there was a motion for disclosure in a protective order filed by the USA. No wonder, um, and the judge granted it. So I just wanted to say that.
4: Yeah. Well, or whatever I think worth. that case. I don't know when what that's dated was, but I think that case is pretty well dead.
3: Yeah. Well, the the official court transcript has been filed as of the twenty second yesterday. So yeah. It's,
4: it's, yeah. No, it's oh, not it's interesting. Go now, yeah no they keep they keep a facade going, but they do these facades and they may be going against his corporate name, but if they go very far, they're gonna have more problems than they already got
3: yeah, and i understand i um I've been around you know i've done a lot of this uh obviously not correct um I mean I did promissory notes and the u c c and the whole you know,
4: mm-hmm. the whole uh,
3: bookstore, and um, uh, very little results, if any. Um, interesting, the note, though, they never, ever returned or acknowledged the promissory note, and I think the promissory note was done well. And um, Was and it I
0: registered? Think,
3: um. Was it registered? I believe it was. I believe it seems I mean this was we're we're going back to ninety eight and uh yeah. ninety seven and um but I, I believe I believe it was. I believe uh, you know, it was uh, huh. but anyhow, um I found another I'm I'm, I'm working another way that, that, that appears well, to be working as well. Here's but the,
4: uh here's the deal. See according to the Article nine of the Uniform Commercial Code Without authenticating this stuff to prove we're the holder, we can't go after and prove those are our instruments, okay? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wanna go into trust law and estate law and say, well, we're gonna go after the trust, but you don't have to go after the trust. Contractually, you capture the corporate entity they created and we begin to use it. And knowing now about the authentication process, And having everything properly authenticated, then a person can go into court and it's got to be cured. You just can't do it all one day and go into court the next day. Um, they got problems. And it's just now their their problems are multiplying more than they know. And it's because we've learned how to do these documents and uh, capture them back. And that's why some people would call it a salvage operation because uh, we didn't know how to do the tax work. We couldn't prove we were the holder. So they monetize the instruments, put the money in a Federal Reserve account with our name on it, and it just sits there making interest for them. And now that we know how to claim stuff back using the uh, properly authenticated documents to become holder, uh, they're going to start having some trouble.
0: Mm. Yeah,
3: I'd like, okay. to, uh, I'd like to learn more about this at a future date. Not right now, yeah. but,
4: yeah, it's, I'm very interested. Well... Um, I'm gonna have to go. We're pretty well out of time. Are we? Are we out of time there, Jim?
0: Uh, well, uh, it's, it's only a few minutes before the top of the hour, but you know, yeah.
4: I, I think an hour is plenty of time
0: for us to get yeah. a chance to, you know, meet you and learn a little bit about what you're doing and the process.
4: So, I mean, uh, you could. I don't want to. I don't want to grow too quick. Like, I wouldn't want everybody here going, "Oh, I just met this guy and we're doing this." If the people that are on this call, you know, you can give them the number and. We'll start working with them. But like I told Mark and the few people we met with, I want people to understand this before they just start going out and using it. Now, Mark's got caught behind the eight ball, so we're doing what I call emergency majors to get a correction. But I don't like doing that because you always make mistakes when you're under pressure. The more people can get prepared for stuff and have this stuff in place, it'll not only stop things from happening, but when something does come up, you're prepared to know what to do with it. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Well. I, I want, all right. So I,
2: I, be, be, before we get off, I wanted to answer what Chappie had said. I, we don't like using the UCC. That's their law, but they have 72 hours uh, to send it back for for four different problems. They have to have a draw e and a draw er on it, uh some certain major in dollars. It has. I think it has to have a signature and a date on it. And they have 72 hours they have to send it back. If they don't send it back, it's tendered. Look under three that's
4: dice true. 603. That's true. But, that's true <laughs> but without using the uniform commercial code to register to our advantage, they laugh at us. Once we register it properly and assign it back to them, they're hit. And that 72-hour right. rule is very important. Right. And I yeah. know people for years um, have been talking about, well, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to do that. But... I was taught how to uh, jump in the middle of their sandbox and throw sand on everybody and keep playing. Okay. That's, that's where we're at. That's the only way we can beat them is beat them at their own game. And that's know how to use that code against them. That's right. We we don't know. We don't
2: know the enforcement like, you know,
4: you will. Okay. (laughs) You will. It's on the way, my friend. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. very
3: good. Thank you for your time. I'll call
4: you Sunday. I'll call you Sunday. Do that, Mark. You guys have a great week and hope to hear from a few of you. Everybody knows how to get a
0: hold of me, so you already heard, Coach. If you'd like to make contact with him, just let me know, and then uh, I'll share some of his contact information with you. So, Everybody, uh, thanks for attending the call, Coach. Thanks again for your time. We appreciate
4: it, and happy trails.
2: Thank you. All right. Bye, guys.
4: Thank you. Good night, everybody.